When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Imprint Companion, the podcast that details the releases of Imprint Films, a boutique Blu-ray label here in Australia. We're coming at you with our August batch of movies. We have divided and conquered this massive batch and we don't even think we'll be able to squeeze every single thing in. So we are going to split things up. More fractured than we ever have before, I'd say. Yeah, But we are going to be covering a lot, a lot of movies. Eight, nine films even, I think, we're going to be covering in this episode. Oh my God. It is a big stack, and still there will be more to cover later on. But my name is Alexis Toliopoulos. Joining me as always is Blake Howard. How are you today, my good sir? Now that I can reach out and touch you while Mm -hmm. we're recording this episode. I'm leaning back so you don't. (laughs) He's he's got a table in between us, and he's <laughs> he's forcing this large table in between us. I'm really thrilled. It's great to be with you in physical presence, mm-hmm. recording this show, physical media touching. It's it's excellent. And yeah, this is an absolutely ridiculous batch. And I it's can't, crazy. I can't imagine that it's going to get bigger, but it it is actually going to get bigger. <laughs> yeah, we've seen down the line things are going to get even bigger. <laughs> this is a huge batch. We have got. One big box set, another Essential Film Noir Collection Volume 3 this time. Mm. We've got a huge release of a classic from Stanley Kramer, the Melbourne set On the Beach about a dystopian world Mm. in Australia with some of my favourite Australian actors, Gregory Peck, (laughs) Ava Gardner, Fred Astaire, (laughs) Anthony Perkins. We've also got The Secret of the Incas, which is a big inspiration for Indiana Jones, The Scarlet Hour from Michael Curtiz, and another big box, the world of Susie Wong, starring Nancy Kwan, and of course the actor William Holden. Oh, there's there's lots of Holden in this one. He's in the Essential Film Noir box set as well. We have three more that we are not covering in this one. We will be picking them up. They are the Edward G. Robertson starring I Am the Law. We also have Betty Davis's Storm Center, and then another another William Holden flick. Golden Boy, which is coming up at William Holden and Barbara Stanwyck. Oh my God, this is epic. So look, let's get started. Um, Let's keep it close to home. Let's keep it down in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Lex, tell us all about Stanley Kramer's On the Beach. Bitch. What happens with the radiation is that you get, you get ill. You start feeling sick, and then you are sick. You go on being sick. You built the bomb. You experimented with it, tested it, and exploded it. Now, just a moment, Mark. Thanks to you, chaps, a moment is about all we have. How long can he last out there? Oh, 
three or four days a week. The war started when people accepted the idiotic principle that peace could be maintained by arranging to defend themselves with weapons they couldn't possibly use without committing suicide. On the Beach, 1959, an adaptation of a book by an author known as... Neville Shoots, who also did A Town Called Alice. Uh, it's a classic book, and this is a movie that has been long on my radar to finally watch. Yes. Um, and Stanley Kramer, he is an, a filmmaker of important movies. Yes. And that is kind of how he has always thought of himself and his cinema is someone who makes message films. Films with a message in them that stand for social justice and for uh, all of those kind of like progressive ideals of that time. Of course, he did uh, probably best known for uh, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World, which is less of a message film. Yes. There's a huge, huge production. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, definitely one of his message films, Judgment at Nuremberg, The Defiant Ones, and On the Beach is very much in the same ballpark as those big message films because it is one of those early films alongside Sidney Lumet's Fail Safe and even Dr. Strangelove uh, by Stanley Kubrick, these big filmmakers making movies dealing with the perce- what the perceived failure of nuclear war could be. And yes. What the... the, the the impenetrable and unstoppable outcome of complete devastation. So it's a very bleak film, but I think what makes it unique is this Australian setting. Because when we think about Australian film, do your does your mind go further than like 1968? Really? <laughs> like it's hard to go back further than hard. that. We've talked about some interesting releases from uh, as well, the Sunburnt Screens Collection, which is another boutique label here in Australia that specializes in Australian films. And it's interesting seeing a few films from prior to like the Australian new wave cinema coming out. It's been really interesting. And On the Beach is probably the best known of those, even though it is a Hollywood independent production. Stanley Kramer was an independent filmmaker who would like kind of get the money together himself and then they would get bigger distribution of some kind. Um, What I loved most about this package, it feels really complete. There's a documentary in a whole extra disc added in here called fallout which is about this film the book it's based on neville shoots other works as well but what i really really loved is there's a special feature that's like two minutes long on this on the beach disc which is newsreel footage uh titled Big stars arrive in Melbourne. <laughs> and it is just like the classic newsreel footage. Australia has such a great history of of newsreels and newsreel filmmakers. And it just capturing Fred Astaire, Greg Peck, uh, and Ava Gardner all coming to Australia. Oh my god, were they point. mobbed like the Beatles? It was it's pretty much you see them coming off on the plane and being interviewed on the tarmac and stuff. It's really interesting. That's awesome. But it's also so beautiful in this movie getting a slice of like 1950s Melbourne. Like it's interesting to see how similar it looks. Like because we're in the city 
Town Hall obviously is a really old building. It's still the same Town Hall. I recognize that strip. Uh, the EB Games isn't there yet, <laughs> but it's interesting seeing all that. What? I found it so no beautiful. EB Games? No EB Games. I don't know where e- they could buy their sticks and hoops from if no, not from EB Games. No. The- e-board Games is what exactly. they actually used <laughs> yeah. to be called, but it's changed to... I really, really... I, I love this movie. Um, I, I've wanted to see it for a long time. I'm glad that I finally did. But I think the way that drifts between hopeful hopefulness and bleakness is so interesting Mm. and it has like this ongoing refrain of waltzing matilda basically making up this the the score of this movie for the most part but um there's one moment in particular where waltzing matilda is sung really stirringly at this kind of day of recreation leading to impending doom where it's like families and childrens and scouts and people like fishing in a creek. And it's kind of like the one kind of normal day that these people have as we watch this film. And then there's all these men singing Waltzing Matilda with like an interesting intonation and a weird cadence that I found really stirring. I think this is great. And this box is so like packed. We're seeing a few more of these imprint releases that have a documentary providing context is another one I'll talk about later on in this box set where it's like a double disc pack, two cases in one bigger box with a rigid box that we'd like from these box sets. This one also comes with like quite a detailed booklet with really beautiful photos from the making of and drawings and too. drawings and concept art. It's really lovely, but even the, the beautiful poster that is classic as it is on that rigid cover it looks beautiful and then also it's got really interesting art on the disc cover itself yes that kind of like captures something in the kind of same vein as like other nuclear fallout movies or in that same vein like lord of the flies like the kind of devastation or something like that i think this is really really cool and i'm always in favor of more australian things getting these releases even though this is maybe not an australian movie (laughs) there's not really many australians in it in leading roles but i'm really glad to finally see this and it seems like a really worthy addition and it's been nice to see how much thought and care went into a single film box set like this well you've heard it here first in print the Ghost Rider box set is the next one that Alexi Toliopoulos That's wants. We want. need we need some go. No, truly, um, on the beach, great film. Saw it a million years ago on VHS. I saw a terrible version of it. I can't wait oh, to revisit it on looks Blu-ray. Fantastic on Blu-ray. Oh, I can't wait to see it. On Beautiful Blu-ray. black and white uh, f- cinematography. Really looks fantastic. And this box is glorious. Uh, I really love too. And I just want to echo that when a film gets its due truly on you know on every level that's that's what we we hope for out of everything within print so this one is just it's just bursting but speaking of bursting let's dive over to the essential film noir collection three don't you think i'd better go up and see if martha's all right my testimony sent an innocent man to the gallows don't do this to me Better hold on to something. You don't seem very steady on your feet. You are a cop, Silbray, and you're sold out. Baloney. And if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to nail you. Guess I'm not supposed to ask you who you've been following and why. No. (laughs) 
four films. Again, we're up to 12 in this Essential Noir collection. Mm. Um, Lex and I are massive fans of neo-noir, um, but n- the classic noir, which usually butts up um, all the way up to about basically 1959 until mm. color films. That's a, a very sort of classical interpretation of when yeah. the classic film noir or essential film noir ends. We've got four films in this collection. We have The Strange Love of Martha Ivers, which is... Um, probably most famous for a Kirk Douglas debut. Oh, um, wow. Um, so, you know. Old ass movie. Old ass movie. <laughs> He's, it's 1946 film. Um, but the next three films, probably in escalating quality, are No Man of Her Own, which is screen legend Barbara Stanwyck um, and and uh, has terrific cinematography by uh, Daniel Fapp and Mitchell Lyson, who directed Midnight, is the director of that one. Mm. Turning Point is the next one, which is um, a terrific film starring... Uh, Edmund O'Brien and William Holden. Again, he's all over this um, box set. And then finally in this uh, is The Desperate Hours from 1955. It's William Wyler um, directing Humphrey Bogart and Frederick March. It's terrific. So what is film noir? Well, film noir is really scratching at the surface of our deepest, darkest desires. Um, Films that often surround um, subterranean feelings, primal feelings, um, dark secrets, and feeling like you're being imprisoned or trapped. And it's not necessarily literal prison, but it could be a prison of a situation, prison of a city, prison of something like that. So I want to talk about, um, you know, Strange Love for Martha Ivers, quite a good film, but I really want to tilt my focus to the next three. So No Man of Her Own, starring Barbara Stanwyck, is essentially a story about a woman who is being blackmailed because a man in her past knows her secret. Her secret is that she's assumed the identity of someone else. What the film tells us in this sort of languid flashback is that this woman was driven out of San Francisco by this crazy man. She aboards a train. When she's at the end of her rope, desperate, tired, um, not even a few dollars to her name, a beautiful couple encounters her on the train, take her out to get a meal, try and take care of her. And the train cataclysmically crashes and most people aboard die. And in that moment, because she kind of looks like the woman, the wife of this beautiful couple that she's met, she assumes her identity. She, What we don't realize at the time is that she's actually pregnant and that she decides that for the purposes of her baby getting a better life, she'll take her into this new family that's adopted. But that haunting dark secret of this guy who drove her out of San Francisco is on the horizon and it's just simmering and bubbling. And so it's a terrific story about just like this desperation and desire to give your 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 child a better life, but also know that there is a comeuppance coming around. And it really just does that wrestle of like, what will desperate people do to maintain a secret? But what's even cooler about this movie is that what do people who may find out that may find out your dirty secret, what will they do to maintain the lie because they want their own happiness? And so it's a terrific, 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 um, uh, film i would strongly encourage you to watch it has great great that great narrative device of the things winding down it's um it's based um on a novel i married a dead man and it's just it's 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 mistaken identity in noir is so perfect then also the next one which also has a terrific um special features that i want to talk about is the turning point which is about 
uh, a prosecutor named John Conroy. He comes in to get rid of a crime syndicate. He's mm. kind of like the Harvey Dent of his day. He goes into town. He knows the local, um, you know, a, a childhood friend uh, played by William Holman, jo- uh, Jerry McKibben, who's the local journalist cynical has seen it all he knows how corrupt the town is and actually there's this terrific terrific um uh uh feature from a guy by the name of barry forshaw who's a broadcaster and a journalist on the turning point and what it's all about is this this actual film was inspired by a bunch of things that were like precursors to like the Patriot Act in the United States where it's like they were championing that someone could come in, dig into people's tax returns, find out corruption, root it out, etc. But the things that it's actually championing are actually seeded. So you, when you look at them nowadays, it's like how problematic they are to just be able to, you know, to, to assume that someone is doing crime. So to dig into all of their details, to find all their stuff, to surveil them illegally, to do this, you know, probable cause is really questionable. But what's terrific about the turning point, it's, it's just about desperation. It's about someone who's coming into town as a white hat, thinking they're going to change everything. And then just watching this desperate lashing beast of a crime syndicate go, no, we're going to kill cops. We're going to kill everyone and we're going to take him down. So it's got a little bit of like a splash of untouchable mm, vibes in there as well. So it's really terrific. Strong recommend and it's again just digging into all these people who outwardly look like mm. they're innocent have are guilty about something and are so, there any interesting actors in this one as well yeah so um william holden edwin o'brien's probably the other famous yeah. one tom tully um is is the father but not like other than william holden if you're not mm. a huge 50s kind of noir person you're not going to really be into it the final one though desperate hours william Waller, humphrey bogart mm. I mean, it's this a, is one that I've heard of. It's a terrific film. Why it's good is that three escaped convicts come into a house that looks like a picturesque, beautiful piece of suburbia and exploit a family to hide there so that they can sort of mask their escape. They've escaped from prison. They're about to have their friends come and pl- um, collect them and they take them hostage. And while they're there, you see this really like quaint and cool, like little family. They're in their picturesque life. And basically what happens is you watch all of their cordiality and all of that, like the mask of American triumphalism post the war Mm. all start stripping away because they get a gun. They've got a gun to their head and they start falling away. And so William Wyler does an amazing job at it. There's one shot in this movie of a man holding a gun and deciding whether or not to shoot it. That I think one might be. Wow. Truly one of the best shots in any film noir that I've ever seen. Like that's such a quintessential shot. A man holding a gun deciding whether or not he should shoot it. But there's a shot in the desperate hours that is so evocative and beautiful and has a wonderful camera moves and stark shadows being cast across someone's face to show their inner turmoil that I'm like, if that movie was just that shot, it would be worth it. And to get a whole movie that is full of moments like that. And then a great movie about like, you know, crime syndicates and the the entanglements of greed and how far the tendrils go. And then, mm. and cases of, and the turmoil of like people being discovered for who they truly are, who they think they truly are, or they've told themselves they are. Man, this is a ripper. It's an absolutely sensational entry. Um, maybe the best one so far, just is pound for pound. Is that your pick of all the essential noirs so far, do you think? Um very close. I I loved Hollywood Story. May have been mm. one of my be- favorites yeah, that we saw. Too. I love, love, loved it. But the desperate hours for that William Wallace shot, I was like, that's it. That's enough for me. That's like that's a box set worthy purchase. So I'm gonna say, if you have the Essential Film Noir collection already, you have to get the third one. Mm-hmm. But if you have none of them, 
you have to buy this and make it your first one because yeah. it is that, that good. Oh, that's what you want to hear. I've yet to go into this new Noir box set, but Blake, I think you've given me the order to get into them with. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to go desperate hours. I think desperate hours. No Man of Her Own is brilliant. I think, mm. you, you know, Lex has dabbled as not only a documentarian, but like done some narrative uh, filmmaking in the past. And I would mm. just say like, I think you would get a kick just technically knowing you yep. out of no man of her own, just on right. the technical, yeah. the, the, how they play with some of the, the, the narrative conventions there. And, and mm. the desperate hours is just magic. Oof. Okay. Well, I am stoked to go in. I've been lucky enough to get through the rest of this batch that we have lined up so far. And we're going to, and we're going to really let Lex fly through these because um, we've spent so much time so far on, yes. on the beach and essential film noir. So let's, let's just fly through these ones, Lex. Well, let's keep it with the noir. The other film in this batch is the Scarlet Hour. The collection is insured for 350,000. If you follow my instructions carefully, it's a very simple job. Layout clear to you? We got it. Until Saturday. Good luck, Jack. We heard every move they're going to make for robbing the house. We could take them by surprise. They wouldn't have a chance. But what... There's nothing wrong about robbing thieves. What would I be without you? There's no place for me without you. Don't throw to pieces now, darling. We've still got to outrun them. Well, don't forget it's my company now. I'm paying her salary and yours, Buster. I hope, Mrs. Nevins, that you aren't going to make... By one of the most famous filmmakers of this era, Michael Cotiz, we're talking Casablanca. We're talking about angels with dirty faces. This is a big, big filmmaker. And this is a film I'd never even heard of by him before. Um, Can so, you please share the anecdote about one of the stars in this movie? Yeah, so this is an interesting film. I actually, I'm, I'm actually quite standard. It's not in an essential film noir box set. Yes, because it feels like an offshoot rather than like a, a full individual release. Um, because it's just not that well known. Except it's got a big director. The rest of the cast is not famous people. These feel like stable actors of the studio system, and they're all. Everyone's no one's bad and everyone's okay in it, but just like they're lacking that kind of like drawing star power that yeah, we need movie star appeal in something like a noir film to get excited by it or interesting choices. Um, but this is a film I'm going to read you the back. An unhappy wife who is having a romantic affair with her husband's employee uses her powers of manipulation to draw the infatuated man into an ill fated jewelry, jewelry heist. So it's got a little bit of everything from noirs. There's a bit of a heist element to it there's a criminal underworld element to it there is a crime element in the sense that there is impending catchment of police yes. always on the lurk there is an adultery subplot in it it's got all these different elements of film noir plots that are so familiar to us but it kind of even with like the great direction of Michael Tease, the guy can direct freaking anything. <laughs> so it looks fantastic. The pace is exciting, but I think it misses those elements despite his talents to elevate it beyond its 
kind of everyday plot that we've seen so many times. There's one thing in it that sticks out is the great Elaine Stritch, Broadway legend. Legend. So funny. She is in this movie <laughs> playing uh, like the best friend of uh, our lead. And she's great. She steals the scene, everything that she's in. She's a one like kind of golden moment in this movie. And she's talked about how this is the worst piece of shit she's ever been in. She talks about it like it's so vile. I don't think it's that bad. I think she's actually quite nasty talking about this movie, saying uh, that it's a... She, I think she even said it's a masterclass on how not to make a movie. Um, and But she's great in it. And I think the movie is... She's quite unkind to it. It's better than that. But it's just a bit run-of-the-mill uh, kind of noir movie. Glad I watched it. There's so many exciting elements in it that gets get gets you going, but it doesn't extend beyond those. The next one in here is the secret or secret of the Incas. Sunburst like that, only twice as big, was stolen from the Inca Temple of the Sun nearly four centuries ago. Machu Picchu, the lost city of the Incas. You can either change your clothes or come along with me and start walking back that way. I have. And now, to the chopper for our traffic report. There's a lot of traffic. It must be headed to Meyer for the buy five, save five dollars sale. Shop Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, Breyer's ice cream, and Coca-Cola or Pepsi 24 packs, plus deposit where applicable. All buy five, save five dollars. Mix or match at Meyer. <laughs> okay. Deals so good, you've just got to talk about them. Meyer Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The right to ask questions. Sure. Don't do it. It annoys me. A Technicolor adventure movie starring Charlton Heston. And Ima Sumak, who is an iconic Peruvian singer doing lots of mambos and malambos. Great, great singer. I've been familiar with her for a long time. I didn't know that this was a movie that kind of introduced (laughs) her to the world. Um, This movie is well known for one thing. It is well known, not, I mean, two things. Ima Sumak is pretty essential. Pretty essential. But the other thing it's well known for is that it was the film the key film 
that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg drew a lot of inspiration from for Indiana Jones, the character, and for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. But it is the film uh, that it is inspired by those. But so much of the excitement of Indiana Jones is not from films that inspired it, but the serialized, the serials. So Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, its structure is serialized. Like there's so many cliffhanger moments. Each scene kind of has those cliffhanger moments that are so essential to what makes it work and where it draws inspiration from being those serials. This, the Charlton Heston character, wears a leather jacket, he wears a shirt, he has a whip, he has a fedora, <laughs> he looks like Indiana Jones, he acts quite like Indiana Jones. Their personalities are not dissimilar. Oh my God. The adventure is not dissimilar, but it is slow. It is not an exciting <laughs> adventure, but it is still really interesting to see so much of like um, Indiana Jones in this older film, with, but just it kind of lacks that interesting excitement but it's so beautiful to look at it's the first film to be filmed it at machu picchu wow it looks fantastic in technicolor ima sumak is so great i wish that steven spielberg stole that too (laughs) um it's a little slow and it's got this kind of reliance on diegetic music that makes things feel quite quiet at times yes there's also a great special feature on here that is uh raiders of the inca's interview with film historian Chris Poggiali on the influence of Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which is interesting to find out a little bit more. And and then there's also a radio play version of this, which I've yet to dive into, but that sounds pretty interesting too. There's one final release in here. It's another double box set. Wow. This You've is, done some heroic work. Yeah, I've Four watched, films over here. You I watched both films. of these in this one. This is The World of Susie Wong, another Billy Holden joint. Um, this film- We must be clocking- Nearly all of oh yeah Billy Holden's like fifties and sixties at this point. I mean, they made a lot of movies back in that day. <laughs> oh my you god, don't know. You, that's hard to say. You see the girl sitting over there at the bar, the one with the red dress. Yes, yeah, Susie Wong. She my best friend, most popular girl in bar. She got sex appeal. Why you ask for me? Well, you're easily the prettiest girl in Hong Kong. You think so? I thought so from the first moment I saw you. I came here to paint. I don't want to get involved. Well, we'll just have to find you another model. Without painting, you'll die inside. I love it. Um, but Susie Wong, uh, The World of Susie Wong is a 1960 film. A struggling down on his luck American artist, played by William Holden, meets a beautiful Chinese prostitute, played by Nancy Kwan, who captures his heart and becomes his model. Friendship deepens to love, but complications threaten their future. So this is a bit of a melodrama. It's a bit of a comedy um, from the early 60s, set in Hong Kong. Hong Kong looks fantastic in this Technicolor. It looks absolutely stunning. It is a really good looking movie with some really fantastic production design, really interesting costuming, but it is still a bit of a shock to come across these old Hollywood films with like their reductive orientalism and exoticism. I know you expect it, but I think it's like always weird when you 
actually watch those artifacts. When I feel also like you being a film school guy, me being a university film studies guy, mm. is when you're learning, you sometimes consume these things in like really bite-sized chunks. Mm. Like you're looking at like a, a moment, a scene, a sequence, etc. that profiles this but when you dive into the headspace it's still pretty shocking it's like it's like wow it's 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 like that we're over time and it's kind of not it does it hasn't aged well it's interesting because i don't this one is better than some others that i've seen but i guess most of my experience with this kind of like golden age or early hollywood um orientalism exoticism is more in the realm of fantasy and adventure films yes it's interesting to see in like a contemporary set drama yes there's something about that like without like the mystique of the east being it played in a contemporary sense is so odd that's kind of like what i judge against most yes um but nancy kwan's a star she's so good in this and it's so what i think Imbra has done that makes this like a really cool box and rather essential is that they've essentially put paired this with a great, great, great documentary called Hollywood Chinese um, from director Arthur Dong. And it is a, basically a chronicle of Chinese American culture as it is portrayed through cinema through the years. And it's got everyone you'd ever want in a talking head. James Hong talks for freaking ages. Justin Lin talks for ages about like how their culture juts up against Hollywood culture and how it was represented. Some of those great like Hollywood documentaries where you're like, oh, get the pen and pencil out. There's all these movies I've never heard of that are so interesting. But uh, I, I, I found this to be like such a worthy entry to have these two things paired together to have the full context to have Nancy Kwan in this documentary talk so much about like how she gets on the film how this film exists what the reaction was from the public and from like other Chinese audience members as well it's really interesting and also like on the actual Susie Wong disc there's a whole extra feature documentary to whom it may concern um, which is about the life of actress Nancy Kwan as well from 2010. So this is a really packed box set that does the thing that we talk about when we have these classic films that are not that well known like this one or have kind of like lost their prestige to time that it needs that context to be built in. And I think this is such an excellent box at really focusing on that and building the context around this movie, why this movie matters or why it's important or why it even exists in this case. (laughs) Um, I think this is sick, man. If you're a film historian that has a real interest in, uh, culture and how multiculturalism and how cultures are interpreted through film i actually give this like a huge huge recommendation i've got to dive into that hollywood chinese doco i'm going to put that on Mm. almost before i watch suzy wong i think yeah it's really cool it's also currently it it's on the Criterion channel. If you've got access to that and you want to watch this documentary to get a taste first, it's on there. I actually really highly recommend it. It's cool. It's got that great Ebert moment at the premiere of uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, <laughs> the Justin Lin, his debut film, where he like stands up for the movie after someone has like this really stupid comment in a Q&A. It's, it's fan- I think this documentary was really cool, but I like this whole box. It actually weirdly might be my pick of the batch, as essential as um, the On the Beach is. Just to get a box set like this, I didn't kind of think was possible to see. I think it's really cool. 
Guys, this has been another Imprint Companion. This has been the first part of our August batch. We've still got to catch up. Probably between now and the August batch, we have some other exciting physical media stuff coming from Via Vision, which we might be able to tease. Mm-hmm. I will not put Alexi in the corner for that. That is definitely something. <laughs> um, and maybe um, a, a few uh, um, uh, Imprint adjacent mm. um, things uh, from the Chameleon uh, Films uh, family. Uh, so we, we might have some more stuff coming up. Keep your ears out for all those things, physical media. And as you know, there can be only one physical media podcast you listen to. It's the Imprint Companion or the Blues Brothers, wherever you listen to us on One Eight Minute Productions or the Imprint Companion feed. So oh, uh, some that's beautiful tease work there. Some, I was just, you know, segues, teasers. That's what we can do. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, Lex uh, mentioned in the previous episode, which you guys are hearing pretty close to this, mm-hmm. his incredible new mini documentary series, Finding Jesus, coming up. All it's mega, baby. It's a feature length oh, when the whole fe- thing comes when out, it comes basically. Out, I, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the whole feature length of it. Um, I, I can say to him safely, um, I have listened to Finding Drago mm. and Finding Desperado so many times. And if I ever have had a bad day and I'm going for like a long drive, there is nothing more I want to listen to. So I'm dying for mm. this man i cannot wait i'm super excited and it yeah. is finding jesus comes out september 26 it's a new mystery investigation documentary from cameron james and i it'll be on the grouse house youtube channel uh, in partnership with auntie donna so check it out subscribe to grouse house and uh, get it as soon as you can we'll put the links in the description of this podcast to make sure you guys know where that is which is great Everything else that I'm doing is over at One Hit Minute Productions. Got some exciting things coming up. Um, One Thief Minute was a recent miniseries we did. I'd really um, be uh, grateful if you check that out. Um, we're really proud of everything that's happening there. Miami Nice, which is started out as mm-hmm. just really an appraisal of the 2006 underloved um, but extremely horny Michael Mann film has now turned into a broadening conversation about modern man films. Get amongst that, and especially if you're a frothy manhead, <laughs> um, jump onto One Hit Minute Patreon for as little as a dollar a month you can get a whole stack of our rum and rant weekly episodes where I deep dive on films, just a whole stack of different things. I've recently done Creed with Ben David Grabinski. I've talked Girl with a Dragon Tattoo with Roxana Haddadi as well as Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, I love Roxana. And and Michael Clayton. So there's some other great ones there. There's also big bonus chats with uh, my friend Travis Woods about Thief. So the entirety of that conversation, some incredible convos there and a double episode of Donal Logue that I'd never released oh about gosh. movie making stories with Donal. So that was, um, they're all there. And oh, I hope you talk about that shower. And <laughs> we didn't quite talk to about that, but we've got some great stories about his work on his cut work out of uh, completely cut out of the thin red huge, line. Huge. Um, so we've got that very excited and also um we have a discord so what that means mm-hmm. is if you guys want to chat to us rather than taking it on socials take it to the discord there's a great crew of people on there alex is on there can it's i make fa- a suggestion for the discord please do while we're in the moment you got to make a conversation area on the discord for physical media done for dvds sold sold Absolute. i want to see boys and gals <laughs> posting up their pics of what they got in their collection all right well, that's how it's going to start i'm going to take a photo of the mm-hmm. imprint shelf it's going in the discord so if you guys want to get amongst it jump on there but guys 
thank you so much for listening to another Imprint Companion. Wherever you're listening to it, um, Lex and I um, are always here to chat. Here's This Is Alexi on um, both Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. I am One Blake Minute on both. Come and chat to us. Share us your photos of your shelfies. And uh, if you did get lucky enough to score yourself a Jim Sheridan box set, take a photo, send it through. We will talk to you on the next part of the August Batch and so many more physical oh, gosh, media shows. So Good Lord. Now we must sleep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.